Hey everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you haven't already, please be sure to check out our website, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes and you can also sign up for our newsletter so you can receive exclusive content straight to your inbox. Just go to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. Now for today's episode, we are thrilled to welcome Andrew Janakis. Now, he didn't grow up with dreams of country music stardom. It wasn't until 2019 and competing on The Voice that things really started to take off and boy, did they ever. In 2020, independently, he released his first single, Gone Too Soon. Now, as an independent release, it was number one on iTunes country and all genre charts when it was released. It had 1 million streams in just over a day and it was number one on billboard country music's digital song sales now since that time he has signed with sony music nashville and has big things to come in the future so please enjoy our conversation with andrew janakis you were basically hunting fishing and loving every day it seems like it seems like you were living in a Luke Bryan song. Is that sort of what it was like growing up for you? Uh, pretty much, man. I mean, if I'm if I wasn't in the woods, I was on the water. And if I wasn't on the water, I was in the woods somewhere. And um, man, it's just like I, I've never owned a Xbox or a PlayStation or any game console or any, I've never in my life. Wow. Like so many people ask me, they're like, never. And I'm like, that's what never means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was just always the kid to to be outside or be in a creek somewhere. Or I was just always outdoors, man. I was always outdoors. That's and awesome. I, was, I, I got in trouble for being outside too long. Like most kids get in trouble for being inside. I was in trouble for being outside. Like, yeah, I never wanted to be inside. <laughs> and how did music tie into that then? I know your parents were big listeners of music and so as you're outside as you're doing stuff was it a lot in the car as you're driving with your parents and out on the boat sort of cranking the tunes and that sort of thing any pretty much anywhere like my parents like even if you if you go to my dad's house right now like right if I drove there right now he probably nobody would probably be there they'd probably be working still but the the radio in his garage would be on like either 94.9 the bull or 101.5 and it would be slightly be turned to like 12 to where you can hear it but you're like where is that coming from and then as soon as he gets home it gets cranked to like 40 and he just like gets in his mindset does god knows what in his garage he just builds things with his hands while listening to country music i mean he is the definition of just a country man and um yeah, I mean, he just instilled that in me, like very young. You know, I was in the I was in a stand basically since I was five or six years old. So it's been just it's a lifestyle. And do you remember your first memory of when music started to click in for you and when you started to create the passion that your dad had for it? So my dad, my dad didn't really, I guess, have a passion for music. My mom was a singer. Oh, okay. Uh, and my and my grandfather, my granddad on my mom's side was a, a bluegrass singer. Yeah, I want to talk so, about him in length a bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it really it really comes into play with him. He, you know, he gave me my first guitar, um, which is 
actually sitting right there in that corner behind. You can't see it because there's these speakers right here, but it's in the yeah. case right here behind these speakers. Oh, nice. And, um, you know, he was the one that kind of instilled music. But my, I mean, my mom, anytime we went anywhere with my mom, we were always like singing. My sister sang in chorus as well, but she was, you know, she wasn't a, a singer. She loves to sing, but she wasn't a singer. And um, yeah, you know, it like everywhere we went, we were always singing something like always, always. And let's talk about your grandpa and your relationship with him. Like you mentioned, he is a bluegrass player. He gave you your first guitar. I believe he was friends with uh, Whisper and Bill Anderson when he was young and actually played with him. And so talk about that relationship and how he inspired you, not only as a musician, but also as a person along this journey for you. So I guess to get a little deep right now, um, you know, everybody goes through dark times in life. And yeah. when my, you know, when my mom was growing up, my, uh, my grandfather was an alcoholic and, oh, okay. um, you know, he, not to say he was a bad father, um, cause I don't think he was ever that, but you know, he, he, the alcohol kind of consumed some things in his life. And, um, when him and my, and my grandmother separated and, you know, and I, my mom tells me about this obviously, because it was when they were kids. Right. And, um, but you know, when they separated, it was obviously tough for my mom and them, but my mom said it was so easy because my grandfather just became sober. He found the Lord. And he, he lives for Jesus every single day, man. Like it is unbelievable the way that he lives for him. And, um, you know, I had, I had my troubles with alcohol when I was in, I, I don't want to say I was lucky enough to have them when I was younger, but I was lucky enough to, to go through those times and learn about those times when I was, you know, 22, 23, instead of 32 or 33. Right. And um, so, you know, I, I haven't drank in, in many years. I don't, I don't really drink. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, he, he was a big inspiration to that as well. But when it came to the music, like he, uh, one of the last times that I went to see him before I went on The Voice and I was telling him, hey, I'm going on the singing show, you know, and uh, he was like, oh, that's so cool. And blah, 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 blah. And we were talking about it. And, and I just remember telling him that music like I, I felt like music was going to save me and he told me that music saved him and it did his entire life but he told me and I'm trying to remember exactly what he said now you know I, we were talking about all those dark times and, and things like that and that was really right. the first time that I'd opened up to him about that he didn't even know that side of his grandson and um he just looks at me and he goes, turn it all into music, son. And I was just like, mm, all right, that's what, that's what I'm going to start doing. And uh, yeah, man, it's just been, it's been a hell of a road. And I think it, it's just going, I feel like it's just going to get crazier. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been writing some cool stuff, man. I'm excited about the things that the new stuff that we've been writing that people haven't even heard yet. So Right. Yeah. Life has definitely gotten crazy for you. And before we get to there, I want to ask you about that writing side, because I saw, I think it was a poster in an interview. You talked about the first time that you heard Brad Paisley's, he didn't have to. 
when you were seven years old and you didn't necessarily understand the lyrics. You understood that it meant something, but you weren't exactly sure what it meant. And so is there a moment where lyrics started to mean something for you and you started to sort of get attracted to them and realize what they could do for you? When um, I'm trying to think of the song, I might have to look it up. I know that it's a, uh, I believe it's a George Strait song. It is. It's called The Best Day by George Strait. And it is a song that's talking about a father and a son doing all these things and, you know, like having the best day of, of his life. And, you know, then he go, grows up a little bit. And, you know, the first time it was fishing and camping. And the second time it was a car at his 16th birthday. And the third time it's his wedding. And um, man, when I, the, I remember the first time I heard that song, I was like probably probably 15 or 16 years old. Oh, okay. And I like, I just like broke down in my bedroom, like thinking about me and my dad. And, you know, the, it was exactly like my relationship with my father. Like I had the best times of my life when I was with my dad in the woods or camping or fishing somewhere like they like they were the best days of my life. And, um, when I heard that song and I like, that was when music really was like, like, wow, man, that was such a, like a story. And it was a story that I related to. And so when it came to, he didn't have to be obviously now I'm 28. Like I understand it. And, you know, I have that. I am the, he didn't have to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, now, I, I completely understand every word that he meant in that song. And it's, it's just like, it, it's crazy, man. It's just crazy what music can do to people and like the way that it can move people is just unbelievable. It's making me a little bit emotional, but. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I mean, that's the goal, right? And when did you realize that for yourself? What age were you? Was it after the voice that you put those things together for yourself and the impact you could have on others through music? Yeah. Um, so the voice, I mean, my blind audition on the voice was the first time I ever performed on a stage in my life. Right. So when I got off the show, I start like, I started writing music and I had written a song, uh, Southern Skies. I had written that song before I'd even thought I was a musician or was doing music or anything, I was just like, I'm going to, you know, I was going through these things and I felt these emotions and these words and it just came out. Right. But once it came, like once I got off the voice and I was like, I'm, I'm going to pursue music as a musician, as an artist. Um, I, that's when I learned like, Hey, I'm, I think like, I, I think I'm not only decent at singing, I think I might be a songwriter as well. And um, it just kind of like everything fell into place the way it was supposed to, the way that God had it planned for my life. It all fell into place, like how the exact way he had it planned, like what I thought was supposed to happen wasn't even happening because like he had my back the entire time. Right. And when I started writing music. I like, like I said, it just fell into place that I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. And I don't want to jump too far ahead because I do want to talk about 
um, your lead up to the voice, but just talking about how your music can affect people. I saw that last year for your song Gone Too Soon, you had put out a call for people to send in photos of things that were gone too soon. And you got something like over, like close to 3000 submissions for I think that. I might have even been more than that because really? like it, we had like two different platforms that we took submissions from. Oh, okay. So it was, uh, man, it was really overwhelming to see people connect to that song like that connect. And especially with it being like my music and the song that I wrote. Yeah. It was just like, wow, man, like, like, and, but that's when it also clicked. Like, it's just a, a, a relatable thing. You know, it's, it's a simple thing that you make into music of everybody in this world, no matter who you are, everyone can relate to having someone or something that they love being gone too soon. And that's what, I feel like that's what people that's why that happened with that song of mine you know like it's just like people people can relate to it it's something that everyone can understand and everyone that's an emotion that everyone can feel right and for you as a teenager hearing george Strait and having those lyrics speak to you and having that sort of drive you forward was probably one of your inspirations for going on the voice and for pursuing this so when you think of your songs and a teenager listening to it and the lyrics clicking in for the first time and helping them to possibly pursue music as something more how does that make you feel when you think about something like that i'll be honest i the way that you just explained it made me like think about it even more <laughs> But it's 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 cool, man. You know, it's it's really cool to be able to have the effect of like admiration to someone, and you know, for for my music to makes a person cry, or you know, and that, that's the biggest thing for me. If my music can make people cry, you're doing good because right. man, if a song can make you cry, then that's just like. It's just one of those ones, you know, it's just, it just, sometimes it just hits you. And that's why I think, man, that's why I love music so much is because, you know, I can take things that aren't even from my life, just things that have happened to people around me and friends and things like that and turn it into music and, you know, show them that song and then be like, did you like do this for me? And it's like, absolutely like a hundred, 110 percent. Over the last couple of years, as you've started to hit the stage and perform live, when you do see people showing emotion in the crowd, is it sometimes difficult for you to go on because of the emotions that you feel when you see that? So there was one show in particular um, where my grandmother was there. Okay. And I wrote a song um, for my grandmother and my grandfather. Um, my grandmother on my mom's side and my grandfather on my dad's side. Oh, okay. Um, they passed away kind of back to back right next to each other about two or three years ago. And, um, and I knew I was going to end up writing a song about it. I just didn't know when. And I ended up with this title. And I was like, well, this is going to be their song. And it ended up being their song. And the first time 
that my Yaya, which is my grandmother, um, the first time that she got to like see me play on a stage, um, I played that song. And I somehow out of 1500 people made eye contact with her when I was playing it. And um, man, I just like, yeah, I, I, I almost couldn't like I, I, I legit almost couldn't. But it, it is really cool to have those moments with with people and with especially like with fans that hear a new song. And they come up to me after the show and they're just like, like I've had so many people come up to me literally like crying their eyes out like that song. And I'm just like, why are you trying to make me cry? (laughs) 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 But it's, it's really like, it's an overwhelming thing, but it's also like one of the most beautiful things ever because I like, it's my job to get to make those songs that can move people that way um yeah man it's just like i'm just truly like blessed beyond measure to be able to do what i get to do and now let's rewind a bit to go back to a moment that helped you do what you were meant to do and that's the moment that you met your now wife kate and i wanted to ask you i think that was in about 2017 and around that time but i wanted to ask you just before you met her where was your life? What, what state were you in, in your life? You know, just even the couple of months before you met her, where were you headed? Nowhere, man. Like, I, and I, I've, I've said this a couple of times and it's, it's kind of like tough to say, if I'm being honest. Um, I solely believe that if I didn't meet my wife and my son, that I probably wouldn't be on this earth, man. Wow. Like I, I just like, I was just so sick of trying and and continuing not to move. Right. Yeah. And um and then all of a sudden this little this little boy right there that's like one of my favorite pictures of them. Um he just like changed everything that I thought life was supposed to be about, man. And like god dang. Yeah. It uh it's that's a that was a that was a good one (laughs) that was a that was a really good one but um no man she my wife has pushed me to be the best version of me that I could possibly be and I net dude if I never thought I was able to do this and both of them have just like every time I think I can't, I like see them in the top of my head and I'm just like, that's, I have to, like, I have to. And uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a pretty special thing for sure. I believe you went from Andrew to Andrew daddy and then just to daddy. Now, when you got that first, just daddy, how did that feel? Is that a moment that you'll remember forever? Yeah, just because I was waiting for it, man. Like he, because he was so little then. Um, you know, he and I have videos on my phone of him like trying to say my name. He like, and it was just I don't know, man. It was just crazy, and I knew 
he just he just needed me and I needed him man and like yeah it uh I I do remember the first time that he actually called me daddy I my my well at the time girlfriend (laughs) um but now wife we were we were sitting there and he I mean he was so little man but he came up to the bed and he goes he just goes daddy I want to cuddle but he like in such this little baby voice, it was in, it was so stupidly cute. <laughs> and I just like looked over at her and I just like picked him up and I put him on my chest and he like he stayed there for nine hours. <laughs> I didn't I didn't let him move. Wow. And uh, yeah, man, he's just he's a he's a special little kid. Yeah, he's a special little kid. That's amazing. And it was because of meeting them, I believe that you started to sort of get into music mode and you started releasing covers online. And that was a reason that the voice reached out to you. Now talk about that in the fact that this wasn't something you went searching out for. You didn't say, I'm going to go stand in line for eight hours and try and get on this show. You were approached by them. Now, when you got that first message, like, what was your thought? Like what was going through your head when you initially read the message or heard the call, whatever the, the reach out was? I guess it was, it was more of like, a, I had to check to make sure it was hundred percent legit. <laughs> so I researched the guy's name and found out he really was one of the people from the voice. And then I was like, okay, cool, cool. And, um, yeah, man. I mean, I was I was really excited, but I was also extremely nervous because I'd never really sang for anybody. Yeah. Um, but once once I went and I did the audition, um, just the feedback that those judges gave me gave me a confidence boost then to be like. I think I might be able to do this thing. Right. Um, it, it, like I said, it was just really overwhelming because I'd never really been put in that position. You know, I'd never really been told by my parents or anything like, Hey, you should like pursue music because never right. nobody in my hometown was like a musician or like was a famous singer or anything like that. So, you know, I, I never really like was like, Hey, you should be a musician. And here we are, though, two and a half years later, three years later. And that confidence thing, like you say, you had never performed really on a stage. I mean, you were in choir growing up, but as a solo artist, you had never performed in front of anyone. And so just in life in general growing up, were you a confident kid? Like when you're going on The Voice, that has got to take a lot of confidence for your first time performing to be in front of these judges in front of the audience and in front of a nationwide television audience. So where did that confidence come from in being able to tell yourself, I can do this. I know it's my first time, but I can do this. My wife. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, I, w- I wasn't that confident of a person, I guess, like when I was a kid, you know, I, I started becoming more confident in myself, I guess, when I was in my early twenties, one, Honestly, when I overcame like the drinking stuff, I became a lot more confident in myself then. Right. Um, but not to where I thought I could do that. 
And just so we're aware, I do not remember anything from my blind audition. I blacked out completely. Is that right? If, and honestly, that's just about anybody. Like if you ask anybody that goes on that show, like tell me exactly what happened. They'd be like, blacked out, like blackout. Because it's like lights, camera, action. You're on freaking television. This is not happening. Like what the hell? And it, but it is. And yeah, man, like I really, I tr- the only thing I remember is when Adam turned around and I like pointed at him. Right blacked out after that i was like holy this is about to happen we're <laughs> on this show like oh my god and uh yeah man it was that it was crazy it was that was nuts <laughs> that's awesome and so coming off like you say this isn't the first season of american idol where you're gonna be shot to fame and you're gonna be offered a record deal the minute you step off the stage this is season i think it was 16 where we've moved away from the days where if you're on the show, you're automatically a sensation. We're now in the days where you go on the show, you get some, you get some exposure, but when you're off the show, it really doesn't mean much at the end of the day. It means you have a little bit of a start in this industry, but it is up to you to take that and work with that. And so when you left the show, were you in the mindset of being ready to take that ball and run with it? Or did it take some time for you to wrap your head around what this meant? No, I knew like as before I even got back when I got eliminated, um, you know, m- my wife asked me like, what's next? And I was like, I ain't going back to Publix distribution center. That's for dang sure. <laughs> right. And um, so like right then and there, like we like before I even got home, she was already like looking to how to book shows and looking for equipment to buy to do these shows. And I mean, we just, we hit the freaking we hit the ground running, man. It, there, and you can't let it slow down. And it, yeah, you know, you got to take that momentum while it's there because then you're just going to be another guy that was on the voice. Yeah. You know, take that momentum and you run with it and you just don't stop. You just, you just go, you play four. I've played four and five hour shows acoustically cover songs for 200 bucks, $200. Like what? No, you got (laughs) to put like there. And dude, I, I haven't even put in, some of the miles that these guys put in. Yeah. You know, I'm very blessed to, to be where I'm at. And, um, but I have, I have put up with some of the bull crap <laughs> for sure. For sure. Maybe not, you know, maybe not a, a three week tour in a minivan with five other dudes, but good Lord, I've played some bull crap. <laughs> <laughs> and as an artist, you've had two things that have been influential to this journey. You had the voice, which helped sort of kick things off. And then you took that and ran with it. And then you had your song sort of go viral on TikTok. That was the second thing that helped you along this journey. But with those two things, as an artist, what do those mean to you in how you're viewed? Because there's moving along in your career and people saying, oh, that's the guy from The Voice. Or mm-hmm. there's moving along in your career and saying, oh, he's, a, he's the guy from TikTok. 
Are you the kind of artist that you want to appreciate what those did for you, Mm -hmm. but separate yourself from them and not be simply a guy from the voice or a guy from TikTok, but be a country music artist? hundred percent. And that's why I've honestly kind of been slacking on social media. Right. Um, And it's, it's, it's honestly just because I'm trying to figure out what exactly, you know, everybody has a brand. Yeah. You know, when you become an artist, you, you have a brand like Kane Brown's brand is family. Like he's got his hats, family. Luke's brand is red solo cup, Columbia PFG. Like the the man is a freaking legend. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, so every, everybody has, has that brand. And, um, and I guess I'm kind of in the middle of trying to figure out what my brand is to not be that guy from the voice or that guy from TikTok. Like, Oh, that's the guy from TikTok that cooks and sings. It's like, no, I want them to be like, dude, that's Andrew Janakis. Like, have you heard his music? Like it's in, like, he's got really good music. Right. Um, so you, you hit like the nail on the head right there. Like that was, it, it's pretty much, you know, you, you can become that guy from the voice or that guy from TikTok, but it's, it's your responsibility not to. Right. So, you know, if, and I, I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure that people are like, why the heck does this dude not post like everybody else? <clears throat> but it's also, you know, I want to make sure that everything is lining up and makes sense to, to give to them. That way, when it is there, it, it makes sense to them. Like it's a, it's a story. It's not just like songs. It's like, this is my freaking life. This is what what I've lived. It it is tough though, man, to to keep that all going. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like you got into this because you want to share your music. You want your music to inspire people and touch people. But then on the other side of this, you have the business where you have to sell yourself and you have to build this brand. And so is that a tricky balance of not letting that business side almost take away the inspiration from the music side? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it's very, very much. So like you almost start doing that. Like why, like why, why are you doing this kind of thing? Right. Yeah. And, um, but man, you just gotta, for me, it's just about the songs, man. Eric Church said it best. He uh, he said, it was never about trying to be some big star. For me, it's always been about these songs. They were my best friends. They're the life I live. Like, it's just, and I hope they put a smile on your face. It's like, that is exactly what I'm doing this for, man. It's, it's, right. it's about the music. And I just I just hope that people can enjoy and understand the music that I release and relate to it. Yeah. And so signing with Sony music, then what does that mean in being able maybe to let some of that business stuff go and not have to do everything yourself? Is that like a big breath of fresh air in allowing you to focus more on the music? 
Yes and no, because I'm still so hands-on that I have to, I can't just like, I can't just be like, y'all, y'all take this. It's right. like, mm, we're going to steer the ship together. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yes, yes and no. Yes and no. You have support anyways, I guess. You're not yeah, like, just have, doing it yourself. I know that I have a backbone that's so sturdy behind me and like a team behind me. Um, but I, I still have to figure out what that vision is to lead up to what we're going to do with this team. Right. But yes. still on my shoulders. Right. And as far as that work goes, how much of a, a battle almost is it within this life of building a country music career and wanting to have success, but knowing that that success comes at a bit of a price because it's going to take you away from your family more and more and more as you get more and more successful. Is that a tricky thing to balance right now as you are forced to spend less time with your family? It is a hundred percent. I mean, I'm a Greek, I'm Greek and Italian. We're all about family, man. Right. Um, but it makes it easier knowing what I'm working towards and knowing that, you know, I'm working towards that 40 acre lot with a pond in the backyard and that beautiful sunset view for me and my entire family to be able to sit around a bonfire at and, and talk about the, the last 20 years of music and what it's done. And, you know, that, that's, that's like my biggest vision. Like, it's it, it is it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do is being away from Georgia if I'm like and being away right. from my family. Um, but again, knowing the knowing what I'm working towards makes every bit of it worth it. And your son, he has been on some clips with you playing his little plastic guitar and singing along to a few words to some of your covers. And so what does that mean just to see him being inspired by the music? I mean, I love it, man. He, he, he says all the time, he's like, if, if you asked him, if he came in here right now and you go, what do you want to be when you grow up? He'll be like a singer like my daddy. <laughs> and he's just, he's just going to be a little country hick, freaking country loving, damn deer killing fiend. He's already, every time we go out, he's like, daddy, I'm looking for deer. Like, you look for him. You let me, daddy, there's a big old buck right over there. I'm just like, oh my goodness. He is gonna be, uh, um, he's just, it's going to be great. <laughs> that's awesome and i just wanted to lastly ask about some of the experiences over the past two years that you have had um last year going on tour with carly pierce and then also last year being at the grand old opry and being able to see brad paisley perform there and meet him backstage what do moments like those mean to you as you're going along at the beginning of your career well, for one, for Carly to want me to go out and, and, you know, sing that song with her for one and perform my music was an incredible thing. I mean, CMA Vocalist of the Year, like, come on now, I'm getting to <laughs> sing with you on your number one radio song. Like, it, it's incredible. And um, man, when when that happened with Brad, like Brad is like probably one of my biggest influences to music. And um I was standing there with my, with my good friend, uh, Brad or Jordan. I, I call him Opry Jordan because that's his, his freaking 
Instagram. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but um, I was standing there with him and I, I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, crap, dude. Brad Paisley's walking up behind you right now. And I like closed my eyes. I was like, I can't do this right now. I'm not prepared for this right now. I, <laughs> God. And it was just like, oh, man, like this is really is this really happening? Is this real life? But uh, yeah, man, it was it was that's that's what it's all about. Like I got to meet my biggest inspiration to music and that is Nashville for you. <laughs> and what do we have coming next? You talked at the beginning about exciting music that you're creating. What can we look forward to? So I know that we're going to do, uh, we're definitely going to do some new music this year. Um, we're going into the studio here in a couple of weeks. So, and I think that's probably about all I can say, <laughs> but, um, but I'm super, super excited for everything to come. And, um, and man, I just pray that people can continue to connect to, uh, to the music that I release. Thank you once again so much for joining us. And thank you to Andrew for stopping by and sharing his story. Be sure to check out his debut EP, Gone Too Soon, wherever you stream your music. Please also be sure to check out our website, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes and you can also sign up for our newsletter so you can receive exclusive content straight to your inbox. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. Thanks once again so much for listening and we will see you next time on Country Music Made Me. Oh,